Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. It's my pleasure to welcome back Fred Shankelberg. Welcome back, Fred. Hey, James. Always a pleasure. So, Fred, we were actually recording a podcast earlier, and there's something you mentioned that you know got me intrigued. Okay. And that is really about how to make a complete request. Mm-hmm. And the reason this intrigued me is, you know, there's a lot of emails that get thrown around saying, you know, we or the team or whatever need to get these things done. But it doesn't specify who, when, how, a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. And I think your question around a complete request, you know, may help clarify some of these issues we see, or at least I see happen in organizations. Um, so that's what I want to talk about today is making a complete request. Okay. Yeah, and this kind of ties into some of our previous discussion about change management and in culture and in just the it it's a great tool a technique to remove some of the ambiguity about what we're trying to accomplish. Um and it's a I I I have a pet peeve about uh passive tense. The the sentence structure of passive tense. It's uh, mistakes were made. Which immediately makes me think, all right, who made what mistakes? And it's phrased oftentimes that way to protect the guilty, right? It's so um, maintenance needs to improve, right? That might be the sum total of a request you might hear. We need to reduce costs, okay? And if I'm sitting in that audience, I'm like, okay, well, somebody can do that. And obviously nobody in the organization is has somebody written on their um, um ID tag, their badge. Um, So that means nobody gets to do it. And every organization has nobody on staff, Uh, somebody called nobody. And we all, well, you didn't ask me to do anything, so I'm not going to do anything Um, unless I see it as an opportunity to to actually do something useful. I was like, well, that's not my job. But if my boss comes in and, and there's 10 of us sitting there and he says, Fred, you do this. James, you do that. Sally, you get this information. George, you know, goes around the room and gives us assignments. Um, that's a step closer. But even then, it's, all right, um, like my boss came in when I got started in reliability and says, we need to know how long this will last. Well, how long should it last? And he's like, well, that's what we want you to figure out. Oh, <laughs> okay, damn. Now I got to go do some work. <laughs> yep. So, you know, the complete request is really there to remove the ambiguity, assign some responsibility and a timeline, right? Yeah, it's a big part of it. There's, there's also the element of well, what task do you want me to do, right? What what are we doing? And it's in part in context of that, well, what? why do I need this information? What? Why is it important? And what, and what level of quality or degree of completeness do I need an answer or a result or a report, right? It doesn't do any good to say, hey, James, could you uh, look into what, why line two has got too, so many failures? And you can interpret that a zillion different ways. 
Yep. Right. You could go walk down on the line and go, oh, yeah, it does fail a lot. You're right. It does fail a lot. And I'll ask a couple of operators and they say, well, you know, it fails because of this, that or the other thing. And I could put that in a quick email and send it back to you. Now, that may be sufficient. Right. Um, but if it's look into it as to is there a different maintenance program? Is there a different uh, set of equipment? Is there is it aging in a different manner? Is it got some other factors, say the floor is not as well supported, so we're getting way more vibration? Uh, is, you know, is it did was it bad that we skipped the last teardown and rebuild of that line, you know, 10 years ago, and now it's showing its age? If the question is just go look into it, that's pretty you know, it has a couple of elements, you know, James, you go look into it. And I'm the one obviously asking the question, but if it was really just a handoff from somebody else, the operations manager said, James, go look into this. The operation manager wants a report by Friday um, on, you know, opportunities to reduce downtime on that line. That's a whole different request than go look into it. Yep. Absolutely. So with that being said, you mentioned elements. Are there a certain number of elements that we need to have in a complete request? Well, I, if I remember right, I think it's five. And if you would have given me a, like more than 10 seconds heads up on this one, I would have gone and looked it up. But it's, it, and I don't know where, it was some class that our general manager brought into the plant and, and this consultant gave this class a couple of times to hit all the shifts and all that kind of stuff. But if I remember it right, there was five elements to it. And um, first is who's making the request? You know, you know, I am making this request or is the operations manager making the request or is the board of directors making this request? You know, who who is making this request? Then who's the recipient of that request? So, I, you know, I'm asking you, James, to do something or I'm asking you as the maintenance team with the manager pulling together the results. Um, I'm asking, you know, you know, Jill, uh, what's the forecast for, you know, I'm asking a specific person or a specific responsible person to gather the information from a group. And so those are two elements. And often we, uh, we, we make, it's too easy just to say, Hey, James, go do this. Or can you find out more about this or look into it? But it's not clear to you unless we just make the assumption that I'm making that request for you. And you you and I know each other, so you kind of know, oh, this is what he means. But it's worth not doing that, especially if you're, especially if on occasion you're transmitting a request from somebody else. And so if if they make the assumption that I'm making the request, but it's really the board of directors, you're going to, you're going to answer the wrong to the wrong people. <laughs> it's going yep, to not be absolutely. the right audience. So even though they seem trivial, they're worth being explicit about in, to remove any ambiguity as who is making the request and who's receiving the request. So there's two elements. And then it's, well, what's the request? Right. And be, be specific is look into is pretty vague and analyze the, the reasons for the downtime increase over the last six months. Okay, well, that's more specific. What's the specific question or task or activity? What do you expect that person to do? Right? And then that always needs to be coupled with by when. Right? Now, some requests can fudge on that when a little bit, like when you have spare time. 
But what happens, and I don't know about you, James, but when something is, is vague and says, well, when you have spare time, well, I almost never have spare time. So that just means don't bother. Yep. <laughs> you know, unless I'm particularly interested in that topic, then I'll go make time for it. But if they, if you need it by Thursday, say I need it by Thursday, right? Um, I, I really don't like the guys that say, well, they know for themselves, I need it for a 10 o'clock meeting on Thursday morning to present. So I want it on Tuesday. So I have time to edit it and ask you more questions. Well, be clear about that. I need yep. it for a meeting on Thursday, but I want to review it and make sure I understand it. So can you get the, to me by Tuesday, close the business? And again, be specific. It's what's the time? If, do I need it by Friday? Do I, am I assuming you understand it to be Friday 8 a.m.? Or are you assuming that's Friday, close the business? Or is that Friday, end of day? So I work overtime to midnight and get it to you at 11.59. Which time on Friday? It is important. And so it's usually be specific is in, if there's a rationale for it, you can add that. So to justify the timing of it. So you get the full context of it. And then the last part is to do what quality, right? Do I need a report with citations and documentation of all the thought processes and everything, all the data, or do I need a phone call that gives me the summary of it? Do I need an executive briefing? Do I need, uh, what level of detail and depth of information do I need in order for the the request to be satisfied? So how do I know when I'm done kind of thing? So those are the five elements that I recall are the five elements. I, and I always look at my hand because that's where we're taught. You know, you tip, tick off the five elements on your hand. As long as you have five fingers, it works. This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out Iridicio's IBL Blended Learning for Maintenance and Reliability Professionals. This SMRP accredited project-based curriculum will take you through all aspects of a maintenance and reliability program and provides you with all the tools you need to generate a 30 times return on investment for your organization and a set of credentials from the University of Tennessee for you. You can find out more at ibltraining.com. So once we have all these five things in place, um, then that's what we're putting in an email or when we're having a conversation with someone, we're making sure to spell out those five things correctly. Right. Right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, it's incumbent on both people being involved in the, those five elements. If there's any of those five elements that are not clear or, 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 or present, if you're receiving a request is, and it's some, for some of us, it's second nature, especially when you get yelled at because you were late with this report they needed for a meeting that morning, right? Um, it's somebody asked me the next week and says, hey, look into line two. And my first response, well, when do you need that? <laughs> yeah, yep. right. But it it's worth paying attention if you're receiving a request. Do I have, am I the one receiving this? Are you the one asking this? Do I need to provide the answer to you or to somebody else? Um, you know, what exactly... Who do you mean by looking into, uh, for example, or, you know, each of these criteria, you can probe to get more specifics on it so that you have a complete request. If the person providing the request goes through all five elements, right, there's still room for discussion about what, it, you know, what, what's the nature of this task and what's the criteria, what tool set are you saying I should use, what data set, you know, you can open the discussion in a much more meaningful way. 
uh, about what exactly you want me to do by when and and to what degree you know who what's the context for this? How how specific does it need to be? Is this just a rough engineering guess or do you need a detailed PhD thesis? Yep. Okay. So we have all those five pieces in place. Have you seen a significant change in the ability to get things done, get things done correctly, less rework when you've used these five elements to a complete request? Oh yeah. That's that's why I still use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, um, to large degrees, it's become second nature. After I mean, we did that training. I remember for like a year, um, we would revert back to, oh, could you look into this? And then, you know, my lead uh, tech on, on, the, on the shop floor would say, so you're saying you want me to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we would, obviously we're going through the, the five elements in that structure. And we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, this is, and we go through it. Um, but eventually that kind of went away. But what happened was, is that instead of saying, Hey, we need to look into line two, it was, it was, it turned into a specific request in part of a program or a project or an exploration or an examination or an assessment, or it became a specific request. It was, you know, James, could you assess line two uh, extruder to look at throughput uh, anomalies? And I, we were trying to put our annual plan together. So I need it, you know, next week, Thursday would be perfect. And if you have any questions or anything, let me know kind of thing. And it, it became more natural, but we tended to be much more specific uh, with the requests. And, and so instead of, you know, wandering down to the floor and going, well, I think they want this. Even unconsciously, it's like, oh, I'll go look into it. And I go down on the floor and I spend half an hour chatting with the guys running it and go back upstairs and say, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> and my boss goes, oh, that's not helpful. I want this, this. Well, why didn't you ask me that? And those kind of discussions changed, right? We didn't have those anymore. There was, when you delivered stuff and or recognized when it, you were going to have a lot of trouble meeting the requirements of it, then we would say, hey, you know, you wanted this by Thursday, but we're not going to have the information until next Monday. I need to change part of this request because I can't meet that criteria. We're just not going to be able to get to that level. So can I reduce the quality of it or can I delay it? And so we would negotiate on those five elements. And I think that's the key thing is being able to have a conversation around what those elements are. And if they're not achievable, then what do we got to do? Or how do we work within some of the constraints mm -hmm. and what's the give or take, right? And I think having those five elements is going to promote that type of conversation. Right. And it's instead of, Oh, you just overburdened me. You're doing this. It's not a personal attack. Is this, especially when you ask the request and it's in context of what, why am I asking this? What's the, the, that quality piece of it. It then allowed us, and it also provides a framework, just as you're saying, James, it allowed us that framework to say, all right, here's the constraints. Where do you want me to, do something different. <laughs> you know, how's yep. this, how's this, do you change the request or do I need to change something else on it? You know, can I get 10 more people to help me get it done in timeline or do I extend the timeline or do I change the quality level? What's most important in this request that I can be flexible with or, or not flexible with. And so it, it, it evolved in the organization and we had it, everybody in the, on the factory and all the, the, the um, manufacturing engineering team I was on and the maintenance team all got involved with this training and it just changed 
over time, it took time and practice and reminders to keep using this stuff. And there was just enough people that said, you know, <laughs> when do you need this <laughs> kind of thing that it reinforced our use of it. So it became second nature. It wasn't like overnight after the training, all of a sudden it was great. We still had to figure out how to remember to do all five elements and what exactly was it we're asking for um, and it be able to articulate it. That took practice. And it was the fortunate part was that we had management support and I mean, they made it very plain when they made requests that it was very specific. Those So it, it became part of the culture. And that's when I think, I don't know that, I don't know where the management actually tracked that or not to figure out if it was worth the hour training that we got. But I suspect it really was. It, it just changed the nature of how we talk to each other. And, and I think that has a lot of value. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely sounds like something that needs to be brought back and spread around for people. Um, it should definitely help with eliminating some confusion or ambiguity. Now, Fred, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the complete request. I see the value in it. I'm going to try and apply this in my day-to-day activities. Um, so thank you so much for introducing us to this. Um, but before we go, where can people find out more about you if they want to ask some more questions around you know, this topic or other topics? How do they get out, reach out to you? Um, well, I try not to be invisible. That's the easiest one. Um, my neighbors just walk by and knock on the door. Some of them even bring a bottle of wine on occasion, so that's always nice. But uh, from a professional point of view, I'm on I'm on ascendoreliability.com. Um, I'm you know the bylines on a good number of articles and podcasts. Uh, reliability.fm is this podcast network. You can find James your shows there. Our the speaking of reliability shows there. There's contact forms there. Uh, our about pages have, um, I know in mine in particular, it has my uh, email and phone number plus a contact form. There's there. Uh, I'm also visible on LinkedIn. You can certainly, there's not too many Fred Shankelbergs in the world, so you can find me pretty easily. <laughs> and, and I check that like I check email a couple times a day and respond to questions and, and queries there. Um, those are all probably the easiest ways to do it. And, and there's, you can learn more about me through, you know, the writing and and uh, podcasts that I get involved with. But in a, my about page has the bio and stuff. But if you just want to get in touch, my phone number, email, all that stuff is out there. And, and James, if you want to, you can link straight to it uh, on your show notes. That'd be fine. All right. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to put that out there so everyone can easily get a hold of it, Fred. Fred, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us about this again today. It's definitely something i think most people should be doing so thank you so much oh you're welcome now, now i'm thinking i better go find the resource the reference or something that i or if not i'll write a blog article on it so you have something you can point to perfect please do <laughs> all right cool i had no idea you were listening to me in the last episode <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> always a pleasure james i sure enjoy talking to you anytime absolutely thanks fred take care I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. 
We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.